Hello and welcome to the Can Do, Can Say podcast. Today we're going to talk about the horse that does everything you want it to do at home and when you take it out, it seems like a completely different animal. I had this experience quite recently with a young stallion of mine that I took to Sydney. Now this horse has had probably less than an hour's work under saddle, um, although I have owned him for a few years and so he's been doing a little bit of work each year. He learned to long line and um, learned all this bridle work and then I've been riding him just this year. So he's had a few little rides, nothing longer than 10 minutes long. And he's always been absolutely perfect at home. He's never put a foot wrong. He's very, very quiet and very easy to cope with. Although he is a stallion, he's rising five and he lives with another young stallion. So he's well socialized and everything's perfect. So I took him to Sydney because this particular horse has to be in a play in 10 weeks time. So I took him on his first trip in the flow, which was a big deal for him and um, his first time off the property in four years. Anyway, we got to Sydney and he stepped off the float and he started screaming and didn't really stop for the whole 24 hours we were in Sydney. And it was really quite surprising to me because he is so quiet and so easy to cope with at home and he just found this incredibly stressful. Now it's very easy to think that the horse is being naughty or um, just is too difficult to handle. What actually I think happened was that he lost his friend. It was the first time he'd been somewhere off the property. He had been once two years ago. He did go and demonstrate at a field day, but I took four horses to that field day, so he wasn't alone at all. This time he's come, he's done three hours on the float, which he, he coped with very well. He stepped off, he's in a new environment, it's a very busy environment, there are a lot of other horses around um, and so he started calling and I'm pretty sure he was calling for his little stallion friend, his paddock mate. Um, so he found this really, really stressful and what I did to get him over it or to help him with it was I just started leading him around and I led him around for probably on and off for four hours on the first day he was there. We're only in Sydney for 24 hours. What I think was lacking with this horse's foundation training, not that having an hour under saddle you could call him foundation trained, but what this um, showed up to me was that although we've started building the bubble, that bubble that you need around you and your horse to keep you both safe and confident in each other, that was lacking with this horse. Because he's so quiet in his home environment, I'd sort of relied on that quietness and good temperament to, to get me through what we'd done so far. So what I hadn't been able to do, or what I hadn't really even tried to do, was to manipulate his emotional level at all, to really get him into the engagement zone and to really see where this horse was. And was he really looking to me for answers or was he just sort of getting by because he had such a nice temperament? So what this showed me was he was probably doing a lot more getting by than actually learning stuff. 
So it was a really good time to find this out. As I say, we've got 10 weeks before opening night and I'm going to take you through what I do with this horse in this podcast to show to you and to explain to you how you go about resolving this problem. Quite often with horses like this, what actually happens is that they end up being sold on because it all looks so difficult. And he wasn't very difficult to handle when, he, when we were in Sydney. I had a bridle on him and, um, and we walked around and around the centre until he was calmer. He, he, didn't, um, he didn't rear, he didn't kick out, he didn't do anything like that because I did manage to keep the emotional level um, down. So we were quite safe there. And the next morning, so we walked for about four hours on the first day. He was very settled in the stable itself. He felt quite secure in there. And he was much better the next morning, really much better. So it was a great lesson for both him and me. And I suppose what we really need to think about is, did it need to be that stressful for him? I'm sure it didn't need to be that stressful for the horse. And I think the way we get around situations like this is to actually learn to manipulate the emotional level of the horse whilst we're training in the comfortable home environment. So by emotional level, I'm referring really to all those physiological things that are going on inside the horse that we don't really see. So it's heart rate, it's heart rate variability. It could also be measured perhaps by eye temperature if you were doing that. And we don't always see when the horse is stressed or not, but there are some outward signs that can tell us when that is occurring. Uh, if you want to go along to my website, there is a little free course on there called um, The Emotional Level of the Horse, Assessing Your Horse's Emotional Level. Just grab that and have a look at that, and that'll give you a few hints and tips as to how to go about assessing your horse's emotional level. But we need to really make sure when we are training the horse at home, that the horse is in what I call the engagement zone. So by this, I mean, let's have a think about the horse's emotional level as maybe something we could measure out of 100. So if you've got just your average horse who's standing around in the paddock, he's not overly emotional, he's not running around, he's not frightened and he's not sleeping. So he's probably just a 50 out of 100. So that would be your average horse. This horse, the stallion that I'm talking about that I took to Sydney, his natural emotional level when he's standing in the paddock is definitely a 50 out of 100. It's not an excitable thing. He's, he's just your average horse. And so when I'm working him at home, in order to have him in the engagement zone, I think I need to raise that by between 10 and 20%. So something around 15% is great. So if he's naturally a 50 out of 100, I want to raise that up to sort of 60 to 65. So his heart rate would be a little bit faster. His heart rate variability would be a little bit lower. And his eye temperature is another good measure of stress would be just a little bit higher, but not very much higher. So what we don't want to do is raise it so high. So if a horse is a, a natural 50 and then we take it up to 75 or 80 then he's going to be scared so that's way too high we don't want him going to sleep so we don't want to 
have a try and train him when it's 50 or 45 because it's then not engaged in the lesson. If you try and think about this like a school child would in a classroom. So imagine you're a child sitting in a classroom and you've got a teacher that's yelling at you and threatening you with detention and getting really cross and you're frightened. You know, you're not actually learning because you're very stressed. The horse is the same. The horse, if it's too stressed and its heart rate is too fast, its heart rate variability is too slow, it's just going to be scared. So it's going to be thinking about ways of escaping from you. If your horse, on the other hand, is like the teacher in the classroom who's speaking in monotone and being really boring, then you have the same problem in that the horse isn't engaged in the lesson in the same way the child in the classroom isn't engaged with that teacher and is staring out the window, daydreaming and doing that sort of thing. So there is a nice happy medium in there and it's not the horse that's standing in the paddock, it's about 10 to 20% above that. So 15% is ideal where the horse is thinking about the lesson, looking for answers, actively looking for answers to the pressure that you're putting on the horse to get it to do something different. So once you know how to get your horse into the engagement zone, you're halfway there. We talk a lot about our confidence, riding confidence, and I hear a lot of people come and say to me, oh, you know, I'm, my horse is fine, and the training's fine, I just need more riding confidence, you know, it's all my problem. And of course, the horse is exactly the same. The horse that's lacking confidence is a horse that really doesn't know what's going to happen next. So a horse that isn't confident isn't going to be in the engagement zone. His emotional level is going to be way above that that allows him to be relaxed and really learn properly. And that's the same thing happens with us. So what confidence is really about is really what knowing what might happen next. And it's just as important that the horse knows this as we do. So getting your horse into the engagement zone for learning is really important because it's the first step towards building confidence for both yourself and your horse and both things are equally important. What it does, it starts to build that bubble. I call that the safety bubble around your horse and it's a communication bubble. So within that bubble, you and your horse are in the, on the same page. You're talking the same language. He is understanding you. He's looking for answers and you are explaining things to your horse in a way that enables him to understand and make some good choices. You can take that bubble anywhere you go. I often hear people say to me, oh, my horse is brilliant in the arena and terrible on the trail, or my horse is great to ride in the round pen, but I'm too scared to take him outside. And for me, if you've got a good bubble, then you should be able to take your horse anywhere at all. Now, that's what went wrong with my young stallion in Sydney, was I didn't have a good bubble. And I only discovered that because I took him out of his home environment. He'd been getting pretty lucky at home. He'd done everything right, hadn't put a foot wrong, beautiful temperament, as I said, and was getting things right, and it was easy for him. And so as soon as his emotional level went up a lot, I realised that we didn't have a bubble and that... That's what I needed to work on. So now that I've brought him home, I've got to really start 
building that bubble. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about over the next few podcasts. So welcome to the Can Do Can Say podcast and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.